Welcome everyone to the Magen Avraham Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Bet in Baba Metziah. We will begin, of course, at the beginning of the brand new Masechet. Baba Metziah is the middle one of the three Babas that make up Sedin Nizikin. Uh, make up Masechet Nizikin. Uh, the first gate, second gate, and third gate deal with all laws between man and man. And we're in the second gate over here, the Baba Metziah, the middle gate. Mishnah begins as follows. Two guys are holding on to a garment. Ze'omer, this guy says, I'm the one who found it. Ze'omer, the other guy says, I found it. Ze'omer kulashli, this guy says it's all mine. Ze'omer kulashli, the other guy says it's all mine as well. Now, These are both describing the same case. When they get to Betin, Betin will decide that this guy, the first guy, has to swear that he owns not less than half. The other guy will also swear. The Gemara will explain, of course, why they do it in a negative way and not in a positive way. They could be swearing that they own half and take half. But instead, they're swearing that they don't own less than half and taking the half. That's case one of the Mishnah. The Mishnah goes on to case two. One guy says it's all mine, and the other fellow says half is mine. The one that says it's all mine, Yishava, he has to swear, he, instead of swearing like last time, that he doesn't own less than half, since the guy opposite him doesn't claim to own the whole thing, he's only going to, he's going to swear more, he's going to swear that he owns at least three quarters. The guy who says half is his, he swears he doesn't have less than a quarter. And each one takes this one three quarters, this one one quarter. That's because they're not really arguing on the first half. The guy who's saying half, Rashi explains, who he admits that half is his friends. So it comes out that the whole argument is on one half. So let's say we have half A and half B. Half A, both sides agree, belong to Ruvain. It's only half B that there's an Achloket who owns. Right? That's where he's saying, oh, it's all mine. The other guy's saying, no, he said the whole thing is his. He's saying the whole thing is his. And therefore, that's why they split that half. And it comes out three quarters, one quarter. Another case, you have two fellows riding on a horse. One guy riding, one guy is leading the horse. Each one says, the whole horse is mine. Again, both of them are swearing they don't listen to half, and they're splitting. However, there's two more cases. If they both admit... That split. Then they could split without swearing. We'll explain what these cases are in the Gemara much later.
We gotta wait a week or two for that. Says the Gemara. The Gemara is gonna start with the following question. Why does it have to say Zeomer What's the point of mentioning that each guy said Because it sounds like two separate cases. In other words, why does the Mishnah have to say both cases? Just write one case. It seems like it seems like the mission in the beginning is assuming that. So, the mission is worried that maybe the Gemara is worried. Why are we talking about two separate cases? One case where the guy says, "I found it," "I found it," and the other case where the, where it seems like they're arguing not who found it, but whose it always was. No, it was was not a lost case. Kulishly, kulishly. Gemara says, "No, actually, chadaktani." The mission really is referring to that type of case where each one is saying, I found it and it's all mine, but it's all one case. It's just two descriptions of the same case. So the Gemara asks back, Why can't we say, I found it? In other words, why are we, say, why are we describing every word the guy says? I mean, obviously, when you come to court, you say, I couldn't believe it, I can't believe he said this, he's such a liar. All those things are not mentioned in the Mishnah. So, if the Mishnah mentions something, there's a reason, I found it. Now, Kula Shali, it's all mine, seems like just extra things. Why does the Mishnah have to specify Kula Shali? What's the point? Just say, I found it, and we'll know that it's all mine. Says the no. If I would have said only, only, I mean, I would have thunk, my I would have thought when the guy says I found it, he's referring to spotting it. I spotted it. Then you would think, and even though he didn't actually pick it up, still with spotting it alone, he got it. And therefore you might make that mistake with the word Mitzatia. Therefore, Tanakulashni I was telling you that the word mitzatiyah would have implied just spotting it, and therefore, in order to pro- avoid that, we throw the kulashali. We throw the kulashali, and so you see that it means more. So says the Gemara. What are you talking about? You're claiming that had it only said the word mitzatiyah you would think it means spotting. But the word mitzi'ah actually appears in Chumash. It comes in Chumash, where it says, umitzata, when it comes to a lost object. It says, the Pasuk says, that you must, you can't ignore your brother's lost object. If a person has a lost object, you, uh, his friend who sees it can't ignore it. You, you see your friend's animal lying somewhere lost, you have, you have to take care of it and bring it back to your friend. Now, Pasuk says, that's what you have to do to every lost object of your friend that you find, that you find. And there's machlok at what it means. And the Rabbi Nai says that the word means only when it comes to your hand. And therefore,
that even the, even when it comes to a case where you found, for example, let's say you found a Mitziah. Mitziah, you only have to return it to a Jew. But even in the case where you found lost object for Goy, you do not have to return it. Not just when you spotted it, but even when you picked it up. How does he know? Because umitzata means that you picked it up. So you see from that Gemara that Rabbi Nai is saying, the word umitzata actually connotes picking up. So we're back to a question on our Gemara. How could our Gemara claim that the word umitzata only means that you spotted it and therefore I need Kula Shali to tell you that, it, that you have to pick it up. Even the word Mitzatah means picking it up you see from the Southern Gemara. Gemara says, you're right. I, and it's true that, that the, when the Pasuk mentions the word Mitzatah, it means it comes to your hand. But it's normal for Mishnayot to use the commonly used expressions. Not biblical terms, not chumash terms, but rather commonly used expressions. And as soon as somebody finds something, he says he found it. It's amazing how language breaks all barriers. In Aramaic, 2,000 years, people are the same. Nowadays, when someone spots something, they say they found it. Even though the Torah doesn't use it like that. That's how people say nowadays, and that's how people did at the time of the Gemara over 1,500 years ago. And therefore, 2,000 years ago. <coughs> so since the Tana uses the Lishna the Alma, you might have thunk that the word Mitzata, had we used it alone, would have meant spotting, because we use lang- people language. To teach you that spotting alone doesn't find it. Why can't we just say that this guy said it's all mine, this guy said it's all mine? Leave out the part of finding it. If I only said Kulashali, you wouldn't know this extra rule. I would know that this case is talking about a case where the guy picked it up. But I wouldn't know that in general, spotting something does not make it yours. Over here, when I mention both, I teach you two lessons. Number one, that our case is talking about picked up. And number two, that in general, when you see the word Mitzatia, it means picking up. But had he only mentioned Kulashali, Kulashali, I would know what's going on in this case, but I would not know that in general you don't get you don't acquire something until you pick it up. Says the Gemara, is it possible to say that Tani? The Gemara asked an obvious question: How could you even claim that we're talking about only one case? We had asked, looks like two cases in the beginning, and then the Gemara answered, talking about one case. What do you mean? But it says ze and ze. So it sounds like it's really two different cases. Because if if it was one case, it should have said Why do you throw an extra ze? It should have only two zes. Ze is what the first what Ruvain says, and ze is what Shimon says. It sounds like is talking about Ruvain and Shimon case. And Zemer Kulashi, Zemer Kulashali is talking about uh, Levi and Yehuda case. 
So the, after we all worked out all the details of this beautiful answer and the two rules it's teaching you, the Gemara rejects it because of an obvious question that it didn't fit into the Mishnah. Says Gemara, Amar Papa Papa says. Now, Tosot points out, before we go further, that not always does the Gemara choose to knock it out based on the Zen Zen. But here we choose to. So it seems like the question is not as bomb as could be, but the Gemara still wants to switch it. Amr Papa Papa says, the Itema received by Ashi, the Amri Lakdi, others say it was Kedi. Now, Kedi. Means the entire bit of dash. Reisha of Metzia. The first part, meaning Anima Tzia Metzia, is talking about a lost object. The Seifan, Seifan Mekam, we're talking about buying where you didn't find out, which means there really are two different cases. Reuben and Shimon are arguing about a case. When Reuben says, I found it, and someone says, I found it. Levi and Yehuda, which is the coolest coolest case, is referring to a case where the two guys went to a store and then arguing who bought it first. I picked up the iPhone first. No, I picked up the iPhone first. And therefore, in both those cases, the law is, with the mission is teaching you that the law is the same, and each one swears that it's all, that half, not less than half of his mind, and they split it. Now the Gemara asks on the bottom word of the bottom page, first page, the unspoken question of, what are these two cases for? Obviously, if the same, if they have to swear in the case of finding, they'll have to swear in the case of buying and selling. So the Tzricha, we need it, says the Gemara, the Itan Metziah, had it only said the case of Metziah, which means a lost object, Hava, I mean, I would have thought Metziah, that only in the case of a lost object, the rabbis make you swear. If it only said the Reuven and Shimon case of why? Because the guy has a more of a likelihood to lie in that case. And that's why we have to give a swear on him so he doesn't lie. Now, why is he more likely to lie in the lost object case? Because he gives himself a certain rationale to lie. He says, you know, it's okay that even though Ruvain is the real one that found it, it's really okay for me to grab it from him and take it. Why? Because he says, Because Shimon will say, my friend is not really losing anything by it. Because he didn't work hard to get this lost object. He just found it. I could take it. And he gives himself a hete like that. I'm going to go grab it. I'll split it with him. And this way I get half of it. That's why he did it. When it comes to buying and selling, which you can't say that he's not losing, because Reuben obviously went all the way to the store to get it. I'm sorry, Levi obviously went all the way to the store to get it. And therefore, Yehuda was really making him making him lose by taking his item. And my Lord, you would have thunk, if it didn't say in the Mishnah, that you don't, the rabbis don't make us swear because if the guy is grabbing it, he's obviously such a liar that it won't work. The swear, don't don't bother giving me a swear. He's obviously such a big liar. That's why I can't just say anima tatiya, not a kula shali. Because I only said anima tatiya, I would have said that's why you need a shivua, not another case. 
So we say, well, uh, why don't we just say, course you don't mention the other one. Vita and Mecca Mecca, if we would say the Mecca Mecca Levi Yehuda case, where Levi Yehuda both went to the store to buy the last iPhone, and really Levi picked it up, and Yehuda either grabbed it or the other way around, I would have said. Who do you remember the rabbis make a in the Mecca Mecca case? Because in that case, Yehuda is going to give himself a heter to grab the thing that Levi really got first. Because he'll say, Chavrai dami not dami so my, well, my friend's giving money, and I'm giving money, and therefore, what's the difference who gives the money? The seller's not losing anything. And my friend's not losing anything, he can go get it somewhere else. Since I need the iPhone right now, and my friend is just buying it for next year, let's say, let's say, we'll give an example, that he, every, every, every person always thinks that his need is greater. So since I need it, I'm going to grab this one, and let him go find another store that could sell him one. When it comes to Mitziah, where you can't say that, because you can't say, well, I'll find this wallet, and let him find another wallet, because there's no other wallet to find. And my law, you would think that you don't have to put a Shavua, because no one would, no one who swears in that case will change their mind, they're already a thief. So I need both of them to tell you that in both cases, we make you swear. How can you answer me that we're talking about a Mecca Chomemka case? Why don't we check which guy actually paid the seller? Let's see who paid for the iPhone. We need it. We're talking about a case where the seller took money from both of them, but there was only one iPhone left on the shelf. They both paid, and it's on the shelf. And therefore, we don't know who picked it up first. Now, why they both pay? How can you take it from both? One of them, he took it willingly, and one of them, he took it against his will. And we don't know which one is which. Which one is the guy who gave it real, which one is? So says the Gemara, it seems like our Mishnah doesn't fit with the Tana called Ben Nanas. Okay? If it's Ben Nanas, Ben Nanas holds that we can't make two people swear something that we know that they're lying, that one's going to lie, that we swear falsely. Because in our case, it's impossible to pull it off. Now, the case of bananas, you have to know, Rashi explains, is a case of Chenveni Alpen Kaso. You have a storekeeper who has a book. So, for example, let's say I call Ralph and I tell Ralph, uh, I have a plumbing problem. I need someone to go to uh, snake my drain. And Ralph Zog, I have a good guy. He sends me his uh, plumber, right? Mike the plumber. Mike takes care of the drain, and he comes for money. I said, listen, I don't have money. 
but you could go to the store, and if you go to Jews on God, they're going to pay you, and I'll pay them back. Sure enough, I sent the Jews on God. Then two, two weeks later, I hear from Jews on God, okay, I paid you guy, where's my $100? And then the plumber comes back to me and says, guess what? Jews didn't want to pay me, you still owe me $100. And they're both lying. Halakha is over there. That we make each one swear. But Benanas says we don't make him swear. You have to pay both of them. Why do you have to pay both of them? Because they both have a claim on you. So they both, they both, neither one could you knock out. But you have to just pay both of them. But we don't make them swear because he says we, don't, we can't make a guy swear falsely. But here we see now Gemara that with, in the coolest really case with Rebecca Komemka, one of them knows he's lying, was still giving you a Shivua. I said, no. I feel the table bananas. I wish there could still be bananas. Over there, one of them is for sure lying. Right? Either the plumber or Jerusalem God. One of them is lying. Here it's possible that it's not 100% that one is lying in the Mecca. It could be they both picked it up at the same time. And therefore, neither one is fully swearing falsely. Again, they're only swearing that they don't own less than half. So therefore, there's nothing really so bad about saying that. So says Let's say that our Mishnah is not like Sumchus. Now, before I explain to you this, you have to know the Mishnah and Rabbi Kamar that we learned. If you have The Mishnah says that we split... Mishnah says... Sorry. Mishnah says that if a person gored his friends... Ox, and we don't know if the ox was pregnant at the time, and if so, you have to pay for the fetus. Or the ox had given birth to a stillborn fetus, and then the, you only have to pay for the ox that you gored, but the fetus was already born, you don't have to pay for that. If we don't know what happened, the Mishnah says that he has to pay full for the ox and half for the fetus. But Sumchus says that you don't have to pay anything for the fetus because he says we have a. You don't swear. I'm sorry. Sumchus over there says, money that you're not sure about, you split. Right? Because he says you split. The, our Mishnah is Sumchus, and the rabbis say, So, Sumchus is splitting money without swearing. So our Mishnah also, if had it been written by Sumchus, would not say that you swear. The fact that we say that you swear is a proof that we're not going with Sumchus. Says Gemara, you think it's the Rabbanan? It can't be the Rabbanan either, because they say I'm and therefore over here they would have said, no one should get it. Says hi my, what do you mean? Yeah, it would work good if it's Rabbanan. Where neither one's holding it, the gourd cow is on the floor. That's why they said 
that I'm also be chaver of Araya. I'm not I'm also be chaver of Araya. But in our case, the Chavayotas, where they're both holding it, Pligi Vishwa. That's what they say this way. So therefore, there's really no problem saying that our Mishnah could be the Rabbanan. But if you claim that our Mishnah is Sumkos, over there, where both of them are not holding it. They split it without swearing, even though the dead fetus is on the floor. They still split it without swearing. Here, for sure, where they're both holding it, we should definitely split it without swearing. Therefore, if Sumchus holds you don't swear over there, he should hold you don't swear over here. Mars is not necessarily. Our Mishnah could even be Sumchus. When did Sumchus say that you could swear without swearing? Only in the case where the where the shorsh and agachet apara. Because over there, when the guy claims the cow was pregnant, and the other guy says no, the cow was not pregnant. They don't know. They don't claim to know. They they're making the claim that it might have been, but they don't know, and that's why we give it out shiva. But if each one says I'm, I I I for sure own half, like in our case of. Of the iPhone, and the other guy says, "I for sure own the iPhone." Sumchus did not say in that case that he split without swearing, and therefore maybe our Mishnah is Sumchus. And just the reason why it's different over here that over there, over here you swear, and by the Shoshanakabara you don't swear, is because our case is referring to a case where the people are claimed to be sure, and in that case the people do not claim to be sure. Well, that's cool that you're saying that it could be Sumchus, not according to Rabbi Baba Huna. But according to Rabbi Huna, who says, I'm a Muslim with a filu bari bari, according to Rabbi Huna, who claimed that Sumchus says his rule, that you split it, bari bari, what's he going to say? Then, therefore, for sure, our Mishnah cannot be Sumchus. Well, it's not necessarily. A filu tema Sumchus. It could even be Sumchus. Kiyam Sumchus, it could draw a demona. When does Sumchus say his law? That's only where there's Jrara Devmona, a loss of money. We'll see what that means. Machlok of Rashi and Tosafot. When there's no loss of money, Sumchus never said that you don't need a, 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 an oath, a, a swear. Now, when we say loss of money, according to Rashi, means that, that look at Rashi. If Which means that if this guy pays him, he's losing money. In that case, and here he's losing money. Why, why is that? Because if you give the money to either guy, that means you're causing a loss. If it was pregnant, this guy's losing money. If it wasn't pregnant, the other guy's losing money. But in our Mishnah, there's no real loss of money because nobody put, nobody, the, the, it was a found object. And since it's a found object, therefore, no one really lost money. And that's why in our Mishnah, even Sumchus could say, that you, that you could swear because there would be a loss there would be no loss of money
Now, Tosot says that without the Tanot, this is effective Which means he said you don't, you don't do it because no one really knew what happened. But if people knew what happened, then they wouldn't say that. In our case, where both people really know what happened, the, we, not, not to know what happened, but in our case, where somebody knows what happened, maybe he wouldn't say his law. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Baruch Adonai Amen.